Well, hello again. Uh, Kyle Nedenrip here from the uh, Indy Star, and we're talking uh, regional football and, and sectional championships with uh, Logan Hunt uh, from the Mick Network. And Logan, uh, I wanted to talk about, you know, there was definitely some uh, some interesting results on, uh, on Friday night. Uh, you were at, uh, I think, one of the more interesting games of, uh, of Friday, and maybe one of the most surprising games was uh, Warren Central uh, wins sectional 7, 21-7 over Lawrence North. You know, this was kind of the game we thought, you know, Lawrence North could be their breakthrough, uh, you know, type of game. They hadn't won a sectional in, in 30 years. Uh, they they And this was their first winning season in 15 years. So, you know, Donovan McCulley and, and Omar Cooper, Coach Pat Mallory, they had a they, they did have a breakthrough year, but couldn't quite get over the hump and uh, and win the sectional title. And, and I think, you know, uh, reading about that game, the nine sacks and, and uh, you know, limiting Lawrence North's big plays, uh, obviously were, were huge factors in this win for uh, Warren Central. Uh, and, and now, you know, we'll talk about this in a bit. But first wanted to, to uh, you know, talk about we'll, – we'll talk about Warren's matchup with Center Grove in a bit – uh, but first on this game, Logan, what what were the keys to this win, and and I guess just how how surprised were you? Warren was able to to hold them to seven points. Yeah, that was probably one of the biggest shockers was was holding Lawrence North to to seven points, and you know that came off of a big play down the middle. But it was something that Warren Central did uh, such an effective job of. Uh, really, the whole game was limiting those big plays and not allowing Omar Cooper to get loose on anything, not allowing Donovan McCauley to, to scramble at will. Uh, they did a very nice job containing him and really limiting those big plays, and I think that was ultimately uh, what led to that defense really getting the best of the Wildcats. Um, it, it, was, it was rather shocking, though, to see that, that transpire. You definitely thought with Lawrence North and uh, how strong they were this year and how dynamic that offense is, how they can really hit you from every which way. Uh, that they were going to be able to to put some more points on the board there uh, for what could have been their first sectional championship in you know 30 years. Um, but nonetheless, Warren Central's defense really did just a fantastic job of getting pressure on McCauley and never really letting him uh, feel comfortable back there. Uh, it was always it, it was always kind of a cat and mouse game of chasing him around the field, but uh, still in a contained setting. So. Uh, really, hats off to that that Ward Central defense. Dewan Eccles and Andrew Nelson, kind of that those front seven, did a, such a, a great job of, of limiting the rushing attack from Lawrence North. I know that game kind of turned uh, late in the first half. It was uh, seven nothing Lawrence North for for a large part of the the first half, and then a couple of fumbles, and uh, Warren Central cashes in on those, and then all of a sudden they're playing from ahead. Uh, in the second half, and, and uh, you know, and, and Cooper had no catches. I mean, that that was another thing uh, that that you know, if you can keep the ball out of his hands, obviously. And then he went out later in the game, uh, in the fourth quarter with the with an injury. But uh, you know, that just uh, you know really goes to show you. I think I think there's something to be said for having been there and done it before. And and Warren, obviously, I think they're better now than they were uh, earlier in the year. What What are your thoughts on their offense? I mean, can can uh, have you seen some progress on that side of the ball with with Prince Powell and that that offense? Absolutely, something has clicked with Prince Powell in this Warren Central offense. I mean, obviously, uh, in the sectional uh, opening round sectionals against North Central, it was uh, Warren Central's Daniel Tip at the backup quarterback coming in and really giving life to Warren Central's offense. But in this game against Lawrence North, Prince Powell gets the start. He starts playing uh, like he's been the starter all year long. I mean, he was making 
some absolutely fantastic throws. The line was giving them a little more time to find some guys. The receivers were starting to create some more separation from their corners and from the safeties. Uh, there, there, there weren't very many 50-50 balls just kind of thrown up to go get. There was uh, a lot of, of really good execution on the offensive side from Prince Powell. And, uh, he also showed his ability to run a little bit and, and to really take, take the game into his own hands. Uh, I saw him run over a couple of Lawrence North defenders as well. I mean, he, he was definitely like having, you know, kind of that 11th man, which is what they say out there. And he was not afraid to scramble when was needed and reach for the sticks. Well, and just to reset, here's the, and we'll talk about 6A uh, more here, but uh, here's how it looks in the regional. Merrillville uh, it goes to Elkhart. This is on the, the north half of the, the 6A bracket. Merrillville 9-1, and uh, Elkhart 9-0. and uh, Homestead ten and one goes to Westfield. Westfield also at ten and one, and then in the south half of the bracket, Carmel nine and two goes to Ben Davis six and five, and Warren Central. You know the the weird uh, record that they have of uh, four and five uh, goes to Center Grove eleven and zero. Uh, so that's how it shakes out in the uh, in the six A bracket. Uh, pretty much a Mick tournament on the south half of the bracket, and then you have. Uh, the North, you know, obviously looks different. We knew it would. We've been talking about that all season. Uh, Westfield, the only local team in there. Uh, but, uh, you know, Merrillville and Elkhart, I think, is a really interesting game. Merrillville uh, really pounded Lafayette Jeff 48-14 to on Friday. You know, that was a, a score that was kind of surprising how lopsided it was. And then Elkhart got by Chesterton 14-10. to And then, you know, we talked about Westfield all season long, and they – Go out and uh, and beat a game that was close for for quite a while, but then uh, they they put it on Fisher's thirty-one nothing, and uh, Westfield has three shutouts in a row, which is you don't see in this in this day of offense uh, very often uh, anymore. Franklin Central, Noblesville, and Fisher's they've shut them out uh, those three teams three consecutive weeks, so that's very impressive uh, for the Shamrocks. But you know, let's continue on with uh, with Warren Central, Center Grove, and, and kind of look at that matchup, Logan. Uh, and we'll kind of go from the bottom up here, but that that's the the, the game that uh, you know over the years has been. These teams meet often. Four out of the last five years have met in the tournament, and you know it's been you know really good games. And a lot of times it's been you know different types of games than we've seen during the regular season. Uh, Jason West, uh, Warren Central coach, you know he coached for Eric Moore at one time, so those two know each other really well. Uh, but but have been very competitive games. I covered the the first game this season between the teams, and uh, Center Grove won handily. It was twenty to nothing, but uh, honestly, it was three nothing at halftime, and you felt like Warren played about as well defensively as they possibly could. Uh, the offense did not help at all in that game, and it, it was not a uh, you know not it was a game where Center Grove basically dominated up front uh, the entire game. So. I think that's the question mark is can Warren generate some offense? You know, they're obviously going to have to score some points. And and then on conversely, how, how much can they hold down uh, Center Grove's offense? Center Grove uh, went out and won 55-7 uh, to over Columbus East on, on Friday. That game was 48 nothing at halftime, uh, just a, a real mismatch there. And Center Grove, you know, really these first two weeks of the sectional have been able to rest their guys a lot. So uh, they, they'll come in fresh and ready. Uh, in this one but you know to me it's still a very interesting matchup it's two Mick teams you know Warren's not going to go in there scared of Center Grove or you know not knowing what's to come you know they they, and the defense has played uh, very well you mentioned Dewan Eccles as as he played really well the first time these teams met 
so I think there's not going to be a you know a, they're not going to be blown away by what they see. It's just a matter of can they handle uh, Center Grove better up front. Probably uh, that will decide a lot of how this game goes. No, you're absolutely right, and and history definitely favors Center Grove in this matchup when they meet in regionals. Uh, Center Grove typically. I guess the best of the Warriors when they meet in regionals. And uh, this is, you know, Center Grove, like we said, they're the number one team in the state. Not many teams have challenged them. Uh, it, it has been uh, almost a walkthrough for them. There's been about three teams. Warren Central was one of them that, that you know, held them to only 20 points and, and kind of put a little bit of pressure on them outside of Cathedral and Lawrence North in those matchups later on in the season. But uh, this is going to be, like you said, a very different game from the first time they met. Back in August, uh, Warren Central's offense has gotten a little bit stronger, but uh, so has Center Grove. So is a team that has evolved in their own liking uh, and somehow gotten even better. We were asking for more from them after those first couple games, and then they just started pouring it on. <laughs> and this yeah. is a Trojan team that you know has it feels like a collegiate defense going at you. They've never given up more than two scores. I mean, uh, it, it's just a team that that somehow. Uh, limits their opponent to just not getting past the 50, not even getting opportunities to score. So Warren Central is going to have to find a way to maybe get some defensive touchdowns or special teams. They're going to have to get creative in the ways that they move the ball down the field because many have tried and few have succeeded in, in, in putting the ball in the end zone against the Trojans. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's uh, you know one of those games where you know I think. At the end of Friday night, we're going to be shocked if Center Grove doesn't win. Uh, but but I think Warren's going to be fired up. I think they're going to they're going to feel like they're going to come in with some confidence uh, after beating Lawrence North, and rightly so. I mean that's a you know I think we were sort of looking forward ahead to you know probably seeing a Lawrence North Center Grove rematch this week, and Lawrence North had played them uh, really tough the first time they met. And I'll be honest, I thought you know we'd see that game again. You know after watching them play. Um, you know, Center Grove so close the last time and leading that game at halftime. So uh, kind of a surprise uh, that Warren's here in some ways, and in some ways it's not because they are always here. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, and that's that's the fun. You, these two t- programs are heavyweights, and I think Warren Central's better days are to come. I mean, they there's a lot of guys on this team who will be back with them next year. So I think that's a, something Jason West can build on, winning a sectional championship. Winning a regional, uh, that may be too much to ask, but we'll, we'll find out on Friday. Um, the, other, the other game, Logan, I, and I covered a Carmel-Brownsburg uh, game on, on Friday night, and it, we'll touch on that game now. It was uh, 21-7 Carmel. Uh, sectional 5 we knew would be you know, probably the toughest uh, sectional in 6A, just the most balanced. You know, several teams that uh, were dangerous. You know, Pike and Avon were also in there. Good teams this year as well. And uh, but this was the game we had kind of been circling for a while, and uh, it, it was f- you know, fun to find out these teams hadn't met since the '70s. They played five times in from '70 to '74, and then uh, that's when they were playing in the Sagamore Conference together, and then did not play again uh, since 1974. So kind of an oddity there, but uh, fun to see these two programs on the field together. Just you know the um, you know the kind of the the uh, different matchup in the sectional. And in the game, when the game started, I think Brownsburg was asking for a restart because it was it was just a bizarre first quarter. Uh, they had a safety. They they stopped they stopped Carmel on the goal line after fumbling on the first play, and then uh, you know safety two plays later, 
And then uh, Carmel hits a big pass play. Uh, Zach Osborne, nice pass, 69-yard touchdown. And then they get another safety on a uh, punt snap. Goes over Brownsburg punter his head, and he kind of fumbled it and then had to kick it through the end zone just to avoid uh, center Gro- or I'm sorry, Carmel falling on the ball and, and maybe scoring a touchdown. So basically all of a sudden it's 18-0 to zero in, the, in the middle of the you know, second quarter, early second quarter. Brownsburg does score. You know, it's 18-7 at halftime. Have a couple chances to get closer, but but ultimately, you know, turn the ball over six times. Uh, you, you add those to the two safeties, and you just can't win, uh, you know, doing that, as well as their defense really, I thought, played well uh, for the majority of that game. But, uh, you know, 21-7, Carmel wins it, and Zach Osborne did go out with an injury. He had, you know, hurt his ankle earlier in the season, and, uh, you know, John Hebert, the uh, Carmel coach, hopeful he'll be back. Uh, but he did leave the game in the third quarter, did not return. So that would be a big loss if he can't play uh, in the uh, regional game against Ben Davis. But, you know, first off, Logan, I just I, I kind of expected more. Brownsburg just did not play their best in the sectional. Either game, really. Uh, the Avon game, they, they turned it over five times, turned over six times in this one. Uh, so I don't. And I, I know John Hart felt like you know they didn't get to see uh, the the real Brownsburg team that that had played all regular season so well. And you know those two sectional games they turned it over more than they did all season, which which is just strange. But uh, you know it's just it, it was not a great night for Brownsburg and credit Carmel. They took advantage of it, and and when they play from a lead, uh, they're a hard team to come back on. They really turned the turn to Zach White. Uh, ground the uh, got the ground game going and uh, they move on and in, in, a, in a Carmel team that's come a long way since the beginning of the season. Well, um, I think you could have given me ten tries on how a team gets twenty one points and I would have never come up with yeah. what Carmel did. <laughs> I mean that was that was as bizarre as it gets right there. But like you said, credit the Carmel Greyhounds for for coming out and, and getting a, a tough win. And actually, that was the game that everyone. Uh, was really watching and, and, and had kind of circled going into Friday night uh, with kind of the two heavyweights. Carmel team started very slow, kind of got, got got beat around by Cathedral and Center Grove and then picked it up late and looked looked like a, a legitimate title contender. And then Brownsburg, who, you know, just did their thing all year long, had, you know, just a, a minor setback against Westfield. And other than that, took care of business. But uh, it, it is. It's, it's rather strange to see uh, a team, um, you know, kind of take a step back once they get into sectionals, like we see, like we saw Brownsburg do these last uh, couple games. Uh, that was a team that uh, many thought had a chance to come out of the South. And I know, you know, after the Saint Xavier game and watching what Center Grove was doing, you know, many thought that could be a possible semi-state matchup with the Bulldogs and the Trojans. But uh, still, you got to you got to get through a tough sectional and. That's something that, that, like you said, Carmel is just so so tough, so tough to get by. Uh, it doesn't matter what their record is or who's on the team. It's always a team that, that plays well, and once they get the lead, it is indeed very tough to play from behind. They control the clock very well. They get that run game going, and Zach White, maybe one of the most underappreciated runners uh, in the state as well. Yeah, he's just like a bowling ball. He's just hard to tell. You know, Brownsbury, he only had, nine, I think, 98 yards, which is good night, but not – you know, not a huge, uh, you know, 200 yard night or anything, but he did enough, you know, on the ground that they could, they could grind out some first downs. And uh, honestly, Brownsburg's defense did, did enough, you know, to, to, uh, to win that game, but the offense just could not uh, hold on to the ball. And they had, they had a, a drive in the fourth quarter 
they're knocking on the door at the the three yard line and uh, another interception and they just could not and that was kind of the dagger that uh, Tamara Springfield who had a great game he was all over the place in the secondary for uh, Carmel and uh, he he picked that one off and uh, Carmel goes on and they will play Ben Davis and we we've talked about Ben Davis they've kind of quietly uh, gone about their business in the sectional and you could already kind of pencil them in knowing you know they had Southport and Perry Meridian uh you know to play and uh you know they beat Perry Meridian 41 to 6 on Friday uh so they are moving the Giants uh for for the second consecutive year uh are into the uh, regional round and uh, last year they won in the regional and uh, they, it was a Zionsville team that they played uh, last year uh who's now playing in 5A but and we'll talk about them later but you know, this will be a different matchup, a tougher matchup, I think. Uh, and I, I would probably favor Carmel to win this game. But, you know, again, Logan, these two programs, two two programs that know each other well. Uh, I, I talked to Carmel, uh, their players, and uh, John Hebert about uh, the first game they played, Ben Davis. It was 31-9, but really was a, a game that was a lot closer than that for the majority of the game. And uh, Ben Davis kind of gave some things away on their own account uh, in that game to uh, kind of contribute to that score. But I would expect this one will be closer. I think Ben Davis is going to they're, they're going to score more points than that. Uh, and, and they have offensively have had a pretty good season as far as putting points on the board. So, again, Ben Davis kind of getting hot at the right time. Uh, but uh, this will be a tough matchup to uh, to try to beat Carmel on Friday. No, you're absolutely right. But once again, Ben Davis kind of opposite of what we saw from Brownsburg, starts playing their best football later on in the season, it, it, especially with Coach Simmons there. It seems like they're they're always just a different team from the first time you've seen them. We talk about it all the time, how it's, it, it's so tough to make it to Lucas Oil because sometimes you have to win your conference twice. <laughs> you have to go through some of the same teams. And it's always tough for beating a team for the second time that season, sometimes only a month apart or so. But uh, back, back in, in week five where Ben Davis and Warren Central met, uh, we saw last year that was the kind of the, the switch that flipped for the Giants. And then they turned their season around and made it all the way to semi-state. This year, it, w- it was almost the same thing. With, now they beat Warren Central. Then the next week, they lose in overtime to Lawrence North. That was a fantastic game. Uh, but a loss there kind of set them back there against Carmel. But then they've just rattled off the next four victories, you know, against Lawrence Central, North Central, Southport, Perry Meridian, and they've looked uh, very convincing in their wins as well. They started putting more points on the board, and obviously you start talking about maybe the level of opponent as well. But uh, this was this is a team that if you can put points on the board, uh, they can give you a run for your money. Swanson has looked great uh, coming into his own late on in the season. They have some guys on the outside that can win their one-on-one matchups. They're not afraid of a deep ball. So I think Ben Davis has as good a shot as anybody because they're playing some of their best football right now. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Juwan Swanson, and, and I was looking this morning, actually, uh, starting to get ready for some stuff this week. And, you know, he's he's now thrown for uh, 1,500 yards this, this season, you know, completed 58% of his passes, uh, 16 touchdowns, and he's he's also a dangerous runner, 400 rushing yards uh, and five TDs. So he's, he's, he can do it in multiple ways, uh, and he's limited, uh, you know, the interceptions hurt early in the year. Uh, he had, he's got eight total, but in none in the last uh, four weeks. So, you know, he's starting to clean some things up as far as the turnovers go. And, uh, you know, that bodes well, if they can hold on to the ball and, uh, and be explosive on offense, you know, that'll give him a chance against Carmel. You don't expect Carmel to go out and you probably score 45 points on you. 
um, in in this type of a game. But uh, the questions will be, you know, how Ben Davis does up front. Again, that's a big part of all these games. And uh, that's an area where they have uh, early in the year were struggling, but have improved there uh, because they do have playmakers and they can hit you for some big plays. So I think that, again, will be, you know, you look at that previous 31-9 to game, I think you can throw that out the window. It, 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 you know, it's it's something to go off of, but I don't think – uh, we'll see that type of a margin on Friday night. But, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Carmel Center Grove next week in the semi-state. And, uh, you know, we can talk about that at, at, at another time, but, uh, you know, or whatever the matchup will be. But uh, I would not be surprised to see that happen again. But I think both these teams will have a challenge on their hands uh, from teams, programs that know them very well on the other side of the ball Friday night. No, you're absolutely right. It's ironic to see uh, these four teams left on the south side as well. Uh, you know, four teams that have all won a Class 6A state championship are the four teams left. Uh, you got to think one of those teams that has a really good chance of winning state again this year. Yeah, those are the four that uh, we always seem to be talking about uh, this time of year, and, and certainly that's the case again. Then on the, uh, you know, touched on the 6A bracket on the north side, Westfield and Homestead on Friday night, and uh, both those teams at 10-1. and 1. Uh, Homestead is kind of, uh, you know, they're one of those programs, they're always good. Uh, Chad Zolman uh, has been there a long time. Uh, Westfield, or I'm sorry, uh, Homestead has, has won a lot of games, traditionally strong program from Fort Wayne. And uh, they beat Warsaw 30-22 to on Friday to advance. And, uh, you know, they'll play a Westfield team that they'll be, you know, Westfield knows this is a great opportunity for them uh, to, to come out of the north this year and, and, and win two more games. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, a, a team that's ready to take the next step. Like I mentioned earlier, they have three consecutive shutouts uh, going into this game. And, uh, you know, that's that's probably – uh, better than what we expected on the defensive side. Knew their offense was explosive, but uh, you know they, their defense has really put it together uh, these last few weeks. And I, I think this is a team that's that's uh, I would favor them to win these next two games, Logan. No, I think you're absolutely right. Westfield has to be the favorite to make it to Luke Soil. Uh, it's not going to be necessarily easy. I mean, Homestead is a worthy opponent. We see them uh, come down from the Fort Wayne region quite a bit. Uh, it's a team that uh, hasn't necessarily played their best football the last couple of weeks as well, but they've gotten the job done. Uh, I think Westfield definitely is going to be the favorite in that one. And a good story in Elkhart, we've talked about it and touched on it before, but you know, consolidating turned into one, and now it's found some success here in football. And uh, you know, just a community that that has something to rally behind as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the two home teams, Elkhart and Westfield, maybe meeting in semi-state. Yeah, and in that game against uh, uh, Fishers on Friday night, like I said, that was uh, a game that stayed close for a while. It was fourteen nothing at halftime, uh, but never, you know, Fishers could not uh, generate a whole lot on offense uh, in that one. And uh, you know, they end up Westfield ends up uh, moving on uh, in that one. And uh, again, uh, Maximus Webster for uh, for Westfield, another really efficient night, ten for fourteen. 179 yards and two touchdowns. He's really emerged as a as a really solid quarterback uh, who can also run the ball as well. And uh, Micah Hauser, we've talked about him before, had another good night with uh, 91 rushing yards, and and he also plays on the defensive side. He just kind of does it all for Westfield uh, on both sides of the ball. So another good win uh, for Westfield, and that that uh, kind of sets up the 6A bracket. I'm curious to see how Merrillville. I think Merrillville. 
Uh, might be a team that could challenge Westfield in, in the next round if both those teams make it through. Uh, that could be an interesting game. Maribel's got some really good uh, uh, weapons. They've got some speed. Uh, probably more typical to a to a, a team that Westfield sees during the season uh, as far as competition goes. But we'll see. Elkhart's got a good thing going, and, and uh, that should be a good matchup up north on uh, Friday night. Uh, we drop down to a 5A Logan, and kind of the big story I would say is uh, Whiteland uh, had no trouble at all with uh, New Pal on uh, Friday night. That was a 48 to 13 victory, and uh, kind of the the you know, you could kind of sense it probably coming to an end for New Pal. They they had to bat, battle back a huge rally against Franklin last week uh, to win that game, and it's just kind of a team that's that's you know we knew they weren't quite as talented. Uh, with Charlie Spiegel out, then they had a ton of injuries and, and kind of had to cobble it together uh, in a lot of ways this year. So they finished eight and two. Uh, but uh, Whiteland, a team that uh, you know they'll play Cathedral this week in that regional game, and they might be the the toughest team left. You know that Cathedral has to beat uh, possibly. You got to get Valpo and and Zionsville and Dwinger on the other side of that bracket. But Whiteland is a, is a really good team. I had a chance to see them play uh, earlier this season. Uh, they they love to run the ball and they do it efficiently and then they throw it when they have to. So I get the question will be can they run it against Cathedral on Friday? Uh, easier easier said than done for sure. Uh, and then Cathedral's offense, you know, how are they going to be able to slow down Cathedral's offense at all uh, on Friday? But that that's a it's a, been a, a really good season for for Whiteland and you know to go out and win the sectional. I think you know for the first time in, in six years. Uh, that that's an important step for this program and, and who they beat also to, to beat New Pal the way they did. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And like we said, it's, it's kind of a, a program win for Whiteland, a team that uh, hadn't had sectional success, like you said, in, in quite some time. To do it by getting through the defending champs, whether they were wounded or not, or not quite in form, is still very impressive uh, with, with the team that New Pal put together. But this, this is definitely going to be uh, Cathedral's toughest match left in at least the south side of, of the bracket, I would say, but uh, I'm telling you what, Cathedral, uh, I think, kind of surprised everyone in their own right by the manner in which they beat Decatur Central, winning 42-7. to I definitely thought we were going to see some more points put on the board there from Decatur, uh, but Cathedral just going business as usual, and another team that looks to have gotten even better uh, later on into this season. you got to remember, this: the lone loss for Cathedral comes against Center Grove, and a game that they feel like they, they probably should have won. They had that game almost in, in hand. Uh, and, and, you know, Coach Peebles talking about uh, maybe running the football a little more and, and maybe making some different calls there at the end. But uh, still, this is going to be a great matchup uh, in Class 5A for a sectional championship between these two teams. Yeah, it's uh, in some ways, you know, Cathedral's battling, you know, the just trying to stay healthy, you know, as everybody is. But, you know, the – that's kind of the overlying, uh, you know, sense of you know, staying healthy for everybody with the virus going around, and 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 uh, you know that's that's you know, kind of over everybody's head at this point. Uh, but yeah, really, I, I'm you know been super impressed with with Whiteland, and that's a a huge win for them as a program to uh, get through New Pal. Uh, New Pal will stay in 5A next year. There was a chance they could move up, uh, depending on how far they made it, but. Uh, you know they'll they'll stay there for another uh, uh, two year cycle. So uh, even though they are uh, actually a four A program by enrollment, but uh, you know so uh, another good win. Like I said, Whiteland will move on. That that game will be at Arlington on Friday. 
Cathedral. Uh, you mentioned it, uh, the Decatur Central game. It was uh, you know thirty-five to seven at halftime. So just just uh, you know total domination again uh, for Cathedral. And uh, you know McKay Hill threw for two thirty-two and ran for ninety-seven. So just another really good game for him. Uh, he's done it all year, and, and again, you know, if you if we see Cathedral lose, you know, at any point, it's going to be a surprise. But you know, there are some good teams, like I said, Zionsville. Uh, the oddity for them is they did not play last week. Uh, they they won the sectional championship without playing uh, because McCutcheon had to uh, to cancel due to COVID uh, uh, contact tracing concerns. So Zionsville moves into the five A. Uh, regional against Fort Wayne Dwinger, and this will be a really tough game for Zionsville. Dwinger has been one of the best teams in 5A all season long. They're 10-1. and Their only loss was to Homestead. You talked about them earlier. Uh, they lost in, by one point in uh, in triple overtime, so they're that close to being undefeated right now. Uh, Dwinger always a strong uh, program, and uh, you know this will be tough for Zionsville. Zionsville's record, though, is misleading. They were a, a 6A sectional champ last year Colin Price at running back and and uh, they they are really a good program that uh, has a chance to do some things uh, in 5a and a good opportunity for them but they run into a really tough opponent with uh, Dwanger uh, a five-time state champion program uh, although they've never won a 5a uh, title they won three and 3a and, and two and 4a including in 2018 uh, so really good matchup this this I think could be one of the best games uh, in the uh, in the state on Friday night at Zionsville. Absolutely, I mean Class Five is rolling here with, with some of the best matchups. And you mentioned Dwayne or a team that you always have to keep your eye on. Doesn't matter what class they're in. Similar to to what we've seen from New Pal. Doesn't matter what class you throw them in, they're going to keep winning. Uh, but Zionsville, you can't let that five and five record scare you. Uh, it's a team that got it done last year when it was needed. Uh, a team that played with with a lot of with a lot of top talent. I mean. Uh, uh, really, when you're playing in, in the Hoosier Conference there, they're always facing some of the best opponents night in and night out. Uh, finished the, the season on, on a high note as well, beating Fishers, heading into sectionals there, getting a win over Harrison. So uh, definitely a team to keep your eye on uh, for Zionsville. Maybe they aren't quite as talented as they were last year. Zionsville, uh, I mentioned Colin Price. He's closing in on 1,000 yards or rushing on the season. And uh, you know they're they're a team that they're going to try to run the ball on you and uh, and throw when necessary. So it uh, should be a good one out there on uh, Friday, Zionsville and uh, Fort Wayne Dwinger. Uh, and just to kind of uh, you know reset the five A bracket, Valparaiso seven and zero. They're at Mishawaka on the top side. Uh, Mishawaka seven and three, and then Dwinger Zionsville. Uh, those winners will play each other in the semi state. And then the this bottom half of the bracket, Cathedral and Whiteland. That game's at Arlington. And then the winner of that game will play Castle, Castle seven and three, Jeffersonville five and five. So that's uh, the matchups in Class Five A, and uh, then down in Four A. And we've been talking about Four A Logan for a while. We have a just a phenomenal uh, foursome in the bottom half of the Five A bracket. This is going to be uh, just so interesting to see what happens. Uh, Mount Vernon twelve and zero. They will play uh, Ron Colley. On uh, Friday, that game will be at Ron, at uh, Mount Vernon. Excuse me, uh, Ron Colley will go to Mount Vernon, and a rematch of last year. These teams met. It was a uh, victory for uh, Mount Vernon, twenty-five seventeen. Uh, but you know, Baron Hebler, who I talked to last week, did a story on him, the Ron Colley running back. Uh, he had he had an injury and he played in that game, but was kind of 
about 50%. He only had 10 carries in that game. So, you know, I know he's been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, you know, I'm sure I know Mount Vernon feels very good about their team this year. Clearly, they're 12-0, and uh, one of the best teams in the, uh, in the state in 4A, if not the best. So we'll find out uh, a lot about those teams uh, on Friday. And then Mooresville and Evansville Central play each other. Uh, that game will be at Evansville Central. And so any one of these four teams, Logan, I think are legitimate, you know, state championship can, you know, possibilities, just depending on who comes out. I think we'll see two sensational games, uh, one of them down in Evansville and then the other at Mount Vernon. But uh, I, I think these these are as good as any, you know, any four-team pod in, in, anywhere in the state on Friday. No, you're absolutely right. might be the best four-team pod uh, in terms of success in that class. Uh, we're looking at feels almost like a semi-state state matchup just kind of a couple you know a couple weeks ahead here uh but these are the four teams that we always were talking about these are the four teams that uh, we said were the favorites to make it and now we are here uh interesting note for ron Conley and mount bernie have two former mid coaches there with ron berg and kirschner uh both already finding success in their first couple of seasons down in class 4a so uh, a couple uh, good programs there i uh, expecting a, a strong matchup in Evansville central uh, down in the bottom half, getting a win over Evansville Memorial, 24-21, never easy there. Uh, down in Evansville, kind of a little bit of a rivalry going on. But uh, still, nonetheless, Evansville Central proving to be the best coming out of there. And uh, they, they've shown it all year long. They've, they've beaten up on teams down there. Sometimes it's a little harder to gauge how strong they are coming from Evansville just because we don't see them as much. But I'm telling you, from from the town that we've seen on these teams, uh, it, it's going to be an absolute dogfight. Yeah, and I mentioned uh, Hebler for Ron Colley. had 109 yards in the uh, win over Lebanon Friday and uh, two touchdowns. And then Aiden Leffler, their quarterback, uh, how about this line? 14 for 14 uh, for 193 yards and three touchdowns. That is about, I don't know what that quarterback rating comes out to, but that's about as, uh, as good as you can do uh, from the quarterback position. So... You know, and I've, having seen Mount Vernon, uh, they they are a talented team. Uh, they have a lot of weapons uh, all over the field. That's a super interesting game, uh, and, and I think it'll be tough to pick uh, who wins that one. Mooresville, again, they are you know they're loaded as well. Big offensive line. Uh, they they can put up the points on you, and uh, they come out of last week. They beat Martinsville fifty-two uh, to twenty-seven. So. You know, they, and they've been tested. The week before, they beat East Central, very good East Central team, 36-28. Uh, and we all know Mike Gillen's had success, you know, wherever he's been in his uh, more than 40 years of coaching. So <clears throat> that should be a really good game. Mooresville has to make the trip down there, which is sometimes tough uh, when you have to travel that far and win. But, again, should be a great, uh, great couple of games there. And uh, looking forward to seeing how both those go. The north side of the 4A bracket, Will be Hobart and Logansport. Uh, Hobart nine and two, Logansport six and six, and uh, that game will be at uh, Logansport. And then East Noble nine and three uh, will play Marion. That game at East Noble nine and three against nine and three. So uh, two uh, you know, two pretty good games there in the north side of the bracket as well. But uh, I would fa- whoever comes out of the south, I think will emerge as probably the favorite, and and uh, and whoever does will uh, you know it'll be well deserved because that's a that's tough. Uh, class 3A, uh, Bishop Chittard is still alive. Uh, they are, no, by no surprise, the defending champs, and they they play uh, Fort Wayne Concordia on uh, Friday night. 
Shatar defensively has been excellent here all season long, really, but uh, especially here lately. Uh, 35-7, or I'm sorry, 35-3 win uh, over Burbuff on Friday, and uh, they win the sectional championship again, and they're just they're just kind of steamrolling everybody. And Fort Wayne Concordia typically has been a program that can throw the ball really well, and uh, and they're coming off back-to-back uh, uh, shutout victories. So, you know, two good programs that have traditionally been strong, but again, Chittard, uh Logan, they look like the team to uh, to beat again. I, I would say so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Bishop, Bishop Chittard, just when you look at their their last couple games, uh, you know, they, 35-7, 35-0, 42-7, 35-3. I mean, they get, they get some, some solid opponents, too, and uh, the most points they've given up is 39 to Cathedral. Obviously, Class 5A team, the favorite to win it in Class 5A, more than likely. And then they gave up 28 to Maryville, a Class 6A team, who is in region or excuse me, is in uh, to regionals now for Class 6A, and they still won that game. So uh, this is a, a Chatard team that that is really that good. They have a win over Ron Polly. Uh, we talked about how strong they were in the Class above. I mean this. This Shatar team is the team to beat. If they were to lose uh, any time before state, I think it would definitely be a shocker. But you do have a team like Mishawaka Marion sitting, a, you know, right above them. It could be a semi-state meeting. Uh, maybe Fort Wayne Concordia, the team that they have this week. Maybe a little bit of an upset against Norwell. Not an upset, but a little surprising to see them win twenty-four to nothing against a, a solid Norwell team. Uh, but but Bishop Shatar is is definitely uh, the cream of the crop here. And again, you talk about a team that, that all areas, you know, they're, they're a, they're a complete team. And I think we've seen, you know, a few of those, they, they can throw it, you know, Carter St. John, uh, 185 passing yards on Friday. So they're not, you know, you think of Chittard as a, a run based uh, team and they are, I mean, they can run it really well. Uh, Tommy Hannon and, uh, and Matthew Coons, they're, they're both, uh, really strong runners. Uh, Coons plays defense as well, just a good athlete. Uh, Hannon had 129 yards on, on the Friday against Burbuff, and Coons at 82. And then St. John can rush it as well. And, and you know, So they're just good weapons. And Thomas Coleman, didn't even mention him you know, at receiver for, for uh, Chittard, a big-time receiver. Uh, so I think sometimes you think it's Chittard is you know, just running in defense, but they can, they can hit you in all areas, and I think that's what's going to make them tough. Uh, to knock out, you know, I, I think anybody that they'll run into, they'll be ready uh, with with a plan. And uh, so the other, uh, the, so Chittard actually comes from the north side of the bracket. The other game, and they'll see the winner of uh, Mishawaka Marion, uh, who goes to Calumet on Friday. And Mishawaka Marion's undefeated, ten and zero. So that could be a big time showdown uh, next week. Marion against Chittard potentially. Uh, Calumet five and one. Uh, they didn't even play their first game of the season until October third. Uh, they were one of the schools that that uh, looked like they weren't going to play. Then they they were start they were allowed to play, and now they're uh, playing in the regional. So that's a pretty cool story uh, for Calumet uh, to be even just playing football and uh, and winning like they are now. Uh, this is their first uh, sectional championship, so a cool story there. Uh, for Calumet, and uh, you know, so we'll see what happens there. Shatard still clearly the, uh, the the class, I think, of the uh, of the class. And then the south side of the bracket, Logan Danville, nine and zero. They will play uh, Sullivan on. Uh, actually, that game will be played on Saturday. Uh, they'll play Sullivan at four o'clock Saturday. Uh, Danville a thirty-five to nineteen win over Tri West uh, to uh, claim the sectional championship. On uh, Friday night, and uh, and it, that was a you know a game we knew would be tough. Two rival teams uh, really close uh, to each other, and 
knew each other well, but uh, Danville uh, goes out and gets the win, and that's uh, you know a really good Danville team. You know, obviously hadn't lost any games this year, and another team that uh, you know they can they can they can pass uh, with Cal Payne, and they can run the ball. And uh, looking forward to seeing you know how far they can go. Absolutely, and, and, and talking about maybe one of the best teams to come from that south side of the bracket as well, Danville, a team that has been so close before as well, and a team that was able to uh, really put it all together when they needed to, uh, and, and have had they've been they've been tested throughout. I mean, taking down a tough Tri West team and and uh, taking on Western Boone even a couple weeks ago. Uh, team is never a walkover. So uh, they've been tested already. We know what Danville's capable of, and this could be the year they kind of break through. And uh, Sullivan, a team that they had to, uh, you know, they, they didn't play in the uh, sectional championship game. Uh, Washington was one of those three teams that uh, was unable to play uh, due to contact tracing. So uh, Sullivan will uh, will move along. Uh, they had they had knocked off of Vincennes Lincoln in a really close game, 28-26, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, so uh, Sullivan uh, moving on, and like I said, that game will be played on Saturday. So you know, remember that uh, that that game will not be played Friday, and that's Sullivan's first uh, sectional championship. So uh, you know, not not how you want to win it necessarily, but a a cool thing for that program to uh, still be playing. And then the uh, the other game and, and uh, heavyweight matchup in the, in this one, Lawrenceburg eleven and one uh, plays Southridge twelve and zero. Uh, that game will be at Lawrenceburg. That that's that's another game that uh, that will be played on Saturday as well. Uh, so you know I, I'm not sure you know have to look at it closer next week. But uh, no matter who that is, Danville could be uh, could be the underdog in that one. Uh, you know with a chance for a sectional or a, I'm sorry a, a state finals berth on the line. Uh, but uh, two really good teams on the far south half of that uh, 3A bracket. And then in 2A, and I, I love this matchup, Andrean and Pioneer at Pioneer, both teams 11-1. and one. Uh, that'll, that'll be a great game. Uh, maybe the, the two of the best teams anyway in Class 2A. Pioneer is a 1A school, uh, but uh, they're playing up due to the success factor. And then uh, Fort Wayne Lures and Tipton, also another game in the, the 2A bracket. And then locally, uh, Western Boone still still kicking. Uh, they win the uh, sectional championship 42-12 to last week over Seeger. And uh, it's always tough to knock out the champs. We talked about uh, New Powell, Logan, Western Boone, also back-to-back champs in 2A. Lost a lot of talent from, from those teams, but, uh, you know, still moving on where they'll play Heritage Christian at Heritage Christian Friday. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said, I think, for uh, Justin Pelley's program uh, that, that lost their first two games of the season. And they were sitting at 1-3 and three after four weeks. Uh, after a loss to Tri West, but they have uh, rallied the troops and uh, playing their best football right now. No, absolutely, and, and I think what what's interesting here as well, looking at that two A bracket, is when the dust settles, when we're going through a pandemic, and you look at all the teams that are there, uh, all very recognizable names. I mean, these are all teams that have been there before. They they're all teams with uh, a history of, of postseason success. Andre and Pioneer, Lures, Tipton, Western. Boom, Heritage Christian, Triton Central, Evans are modern day. I mean, all those teams uh, are, are, are programs built on tradition and winning. Uh, and, and when you get thrown, you know, kind of a wrench in the plan here with everything going on in the world right now, uh, it's the programs that we're able to really power through and, and, and show that, you know, it's more than just one season put together. And Heritage Christian lost. Uh, these teams met uh, last year. 
in this same round. It was uh, 35-14, uh, Western Boone uh, was the winner in that one. I think this one will be a lot closer. I think this will be a good game. Heritage Christian, uh, really good offense, beat Shenandoah 45-26 to uh, 26 on Friday. And uh, they're, they're another team. You know, we talk about the teams that you're able to uh, to move it in multiple ways. And uh, Heritage Christian's one of those. They can run. Uh, they can throw. And uh, defensively have gotten consistently better under Kyle Ray, uh, the uh, coach there. And their quarterback, uh, Maxwell Milton, uh, has thrown for over uh, you know, almost 1,700 yards. And, uh, you know, they can also run the ball really well with uh, Colton Brown, who's just a junior. Uh, he's closing in. He's almost up to 2,000 yards on the season. So, and then a lot of different receivers they can go to. Uh, so that'll be an interesting matchup, I think. Again, Western Boone Heritage Christian teams that are familiar with one another, and uh, and, and could see uh, Triton Central next week. Triton Central, uh, they may this may be one of their better teams. They won 35-7 uh, over Providence last week. They were a, a pretty big favorite in that sectional, so not a surprise that the Tigers are here again. And uh, play Evansville Modern Day. Another, you know, you, you talked about those Evansville programs, uh, Logan. That another program that is always seems to be there. Uh, and these teams actually met a year ago in the regional as well. And uh, Triton Central won that one, thirteen to seven. Triton Central always seems to win with defense. And again, uh, they have that uh, that good defense. Again, they they allow their opponents uh, only nine point seven points uh, per game. Uh, so this uh, this will be a chance for uh, Triton Central to get through. And uh, they won their first regional last year and, and, and uh, you know looking to do it again, uh, potentially against the same opponent on Friday night in uh, Evansville Modern Day. Absolutely. And uh, once again, I mean, just teams that uh, have kind of been there, Triton Central, uh, it could be a team to, to really kind of get over the hump this year as well. We know, like you said, a team that really has done a nice job of winning with defense in the last couple of years, kind of hitting that 10-win mark, making it, you know, to semi-state and a team that it could be their year now. Uh, they've slowly been progressing throughout, kind of building that tradition uh, since Tim Abel has been there. So this could this could finally be the year. And uh, you mentioned Tipton there. They beat LaPel, uh, one of our local teams, 28-20 to on Friday. So they, uh, they will move. They're playing uh, Fort Wayne Lures on the north side of that bracket as well at home uh, on Friday. So, a lot of good matchups in two. I think Andrean might be the, the team to beat, I would say. That should be a great game against Pioneer. Uh, Pioneer always uh, so tough to beat and, and playing at home. Uh, so that should be a great uh, atmosphere, uh, depending on how many fans they can have there. But it should be a great game altogether uh, in that regional game. Then, uh, you know, we talked last week, Logan, about Covenant Christian and Lutheran. And, shoot, it may have been the, the game of the night on Friday uh, Covenant Christian goes out and and, uh, and wins that game, and uh, forty six to thirty eight, and, and uh, just a uh, exciting. You know, was getting updates on that game, and uh, you know, for Covenant Christian to do this, it's just really impressive uh, at, at their program at the you know kind of the early stages of, of having a program, uh, back and forth game all night long, and, and uh, you know, Covenant Christian gets it done, and, and it's it's a Lutheran program that is. You know, we all know what they've done over the years and, and, you know, went to the state finals last year and a lot of guys on that team uh, playing on this team. So Covenant Christian, again, they had to come from behind in the fourth quarter to win that game and uh, and they do it. And uh, it's, a, it's a great thing for that program. Uh, Austin Frazier for uh, uh, Covenant Christian had uh, a big night, 328 passing yards and uh, overcame some, some turnovers and, and – 
and things. But, uh, you know, that's just a, a huge win for that program, kind of a milestone win uh, for them. And they play South Putnam. I uh, had a chance to, to do a story on them earlier this year as well. They're 12-0 and as well. So two 12-0 programs. Doesn't get any easier for Covenant Christian, but what a huge step uh, for that program to take. No, absolutely. A team that has been on the rise, and we saw me as Heritage Christian kind of get a win, and we knew against Lutheran that that was going to be uh, the, the real matchup there. They get the most points they have all year to Lutheran, but somehow get the win. And really that game just, just it lived up to the hype. Uh, that, that's what it was about. And Covenant Christian getting a big program statement win right there something to build on for years to come and, and why not continue it this year is that it doesn't get any easier with uh, South Putnam and again another very good team but uh, you see this in, in class in the class A bracket where you get a lot of these teams coming from their own neck of the woods that have run things and uh, all have kind of that winning mentality yeah that was uh what a crazy uh, Lutheran was ahead 14 nothing and Covenant Christian came back and then Lutheran got the lead again uh you know late in that game um up uh, 38 to uh, 33 uh, late in that game, and uh, Covenant Christian just kept kept coming back and finally gets over the hump and, and wins that one. So uh, really exciting for that program to uh, to get there. And uh, like I said, they play South Putnam, which that that's not not much easier at all. Uh, South Putnam's a really good program as well, and uh, you know kind of an interesting uh, you know local angle to that is their coach uh, Chuck uh, Sorrell he used to coach at Pike under uh, Derek Moyers on that staff so uh, cool to see that they're uh, doing well and uh, you know that's a you know should be a great game they, South Putnam beat P- Park Heritage they knew this would be their biggest obstacle they won that game 43 to 40 on uh, on Friday so that very exciting win uh, for South Putnam as well in their own right. So it's going to be an issue, you know, which team can kind of come back to earth faster, you know, uh, probably because those are two win, two huge wins uh, for those programs. And, you know, uh, a South Putnam program that's been good over the years but has not won a regional since 2002. So it's been a while for them as well. But uh, that should be a great one. 1A's got a lot of good games. Uh, Winnemac and uh, Lafayette uh, Central Catholic uh, on top of the bracket. And then South Adams 11-0 and and Southwood 12-0. and uh, another great uh, matchup. Southwood, uh, the very first week of the sectional, I believe, or the second week, they had a COVID scare and looked like they were going to be out of the tournament and then uh, were able to get reinstated uh, kind of last minute, and uh, here they are still playing. And then uh, at the way bottom half then, uh, South Putnam Covenant Christian winner will play North Decatur or West Washington. West Washington 10-0, and then North Decatur is, uh, is 10-2, uh, excuse me. Uh, West Washington barely got past Perry Central, uh, twenty to nineteen, and then uh, North Decatur won six to zero over Milan. Here's here's a stat for you: uh, North Decatur has seven consecutive shutouts. <laughs> so uh, it, it's been since uh, uh, mid September that they've allowed a point. So that's uh, that's pretty wild. Uh, so that kind of sets up the entire uh, bracket, uh, you know. And, and to kind of circle back to six A Logan, I, I think we have some good ones here. Uh, I think we have some probably some teams that you would be surprised if they got beat for sure, including Center Grove. But uh, some really good matchups, I think. And uh, you know, I, to see those four teams on the south half of the, the bracket is not a huge surprise, knowing the history and tradition of those programs. But uh, maybe a couple of them, Carmel and Warren, we we weren't sure if they'd be here uh, at this point in the year. Probably Ben Davis too, although their sectional uh, alignment probably helped in that regard. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, with Ben Davis getting 
little bit more of a favorable draw. That's just how it, it worked out this year with Carmel coming to the south side. And I, I'm not necessarily surprised to see the see the Greyhounds here. You knew it was going to be uh, a dog by getting out of that that sectional. Uh, but like I said, they put it together when they needed to. Got the win, strung them together. And uh, after those first three games of the season, they've really turned it on. Uh, Warren Central pulling maybe upset of the night against Lawrence North. That was definitely a game that they were not favored in. Uh, but, but judging how they played, uh, this is this is once again a dangerous team, a team that we talked about early on in the season. With how strong that defense is, uh, if that offense can put just enough points on the board, they can beat anybody, and I, and I do. I truly mean anybody. Uh, they held Center Grove to 20 points the first time around. Not saying that that is going to replicate itself again this coming week, but uh, right now the Warriors are kind of riding high and and, uh, and have played better on the offensive side of the football. Well, as I look at it here, I think you know with with eight teams left in all the classes, I think you have to favor the the, the Center Grove for sure in 6A. Uh, the Irish in 5A, I think, are very clearly the uh, favorite. Uh, you know, you go down to three, I think Chittard is pretty clearly the favorite uh, to win that title. And then uh, I think the other three classes, though, uh, you have quite a few uh, questions. I think 4A is definitely, we talked about those four teams. I think any one of those four could win the state championship and pretty equally. I think all those four teams are are good. I, I might I might slightly favor uh, Mooresville based on what I've seen, but I don't, you know, I, I don't feel strongly about that. Uh, by any means, I think any of those four could win it, and that'll make it really fun uh, to see who emerges there. And then two uh, A, I think, is kind of the same. I think I think Andrean maybe, or you know, potentially uh, Pioneer, whoever wins that game may be the favorite. But I don't, again, don't feel uh, super strongly. I think that's a very very balanced uh, 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 regional lineup as well. And I know people kind of you know maybe wrote off uh, Western Boone, but I wouldn't do that. I think they're they're still capable. Uh, and then 1A, probably, as you know, South Adams has been probably the team that's gotten the most, uh, you know, they might be the best team left. Uh, but, again, Covenant Christian, if you can beat Lutheran, you know, I, I think you could probably beat about anybody. I think South Adams, Southwood, and, and Covenant Christian might be the three strongest teams left, but a lot to be uh, determined there as well. So, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I think we have some clear favorites in some classes, and, and then, you know, especially in 4A and I think 2A and, and potentially 1A, you know, some some real question marks as far as, uh, you know, what we'll see on Friday night and beyond. No, man, that's what always makes it fun, too, is having these wide-open games where it really feels like a winner-take-all. I mean, at any point, uh, you know, we wouldn't be surprised to see an upset. We don't. We have a couple favorites, but they're all kind of facing each other, and, and this is where it all kind of starts to shake itself out, Uh um, in these classes, but it's also fun having kind of the presumed favorites. I mean, if Shatard loses at any time in Class 3A, I think we all will be uh, shocked, to say the least. Uh, uh, not saying there aren't some other worthy opponents, like you said, with you know Southridge and Lawrenceburg and Danville, but uh, I, I think we'd be absolutely surprised to see that. And same with Cathedral. Uh, looking at them in Class 5A, they can get past Whiteland. I mean, yeah, you have, you know, Valparaiso, Dwanger, and Zionsville, but I think Cathedral, you know, 100% has to be that favorite. So uh, it's still fun to kind of see that and seeing that if, if those top teams, the number one teams in the class, can make that run. Well, we see it every year where there's a result that, uh, and we've already had, but, you know, results that kind of make you scratch your head. And then sort of the, you know, the underlying thing, too, is, is uh, how many of these, 
you know, we have 48 teams left. How many of them are able to play Friday? Hopefully it's all 48. You know, I, I think there were, there were fewer, um, you know, no contests last week. I think there was only three uh, as I counted them Friday, and I think that stayed the same uh, that, that had to uh, <clears throat> not play because of contact tracing. So, you know, again, as we, you know, I, I, the numbers seem like every day <clears throat> here lately are just worse and worse. Uh, but you know, you hope all 48 of these teams are able to play and, uh, and, and be able to participate in the regional. And, uh, that's kind of, you know, we talk about all these games and you, you don't forget about it, but, uh, you know, it's just, you know, that's kind of the, the thing hanging over everybody's head at this point. But, you know, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. I think we're going to see some great games Friday and, and, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing, uh, how all of these games shake out. And, uh, you know, this is kind of the fun time of the year where, uh, we're getting into regionals. We're getting starting with basketball season, and and uh, just a lot of cool things going on right now. Absolutely, this is this is when it starts getting supposed to be a little colder, but you know we still have the heat wave coming through here in Indi- Indianapolis. Uh, I know I'm enjoying Friday nights. We've really lucked out on the weather, but we're starting to make that transition into girls basketball as well. Boys basketball is on the horizon. Uh, this is you know maybe maybe my 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 favorite time of the year. Yeah, we want to thank San Diego for letting us borrow their weather here for the last few days. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, well, thanks so much, Logan. I appreciate you coming on again and uh, and being part of this. And uh, we'll uh, we'll finish out here these next few weeks. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some good games to talk about next week. Absolutely. Thank you. You bet.